I will never write a single line which I have not first felt in my own heart. He'll teach you everything. Truer words were never spoken. All right. Language and writing were made available. writing this down this is good stuff hey guess what this is john helps you write better and i'm john so we're gonna write better right yeah okay here we go i don't know how to tell you this but a lot of you are in your own way a lot of you are making the process of writing not the production not the fingers on the keys part but the process the the mental stuff you're making that stuff much harder than it needs to be for any number of reasons. Some of you have an expectation that writing needs to be difficult, really and truly difficult, that you need to like really sweat and grind and feel exhausted by the effort. And then when it becomes not that, when you know it's just easy because you're writing something that in your head is very clear or you're making great progress because you're just having a good moment. Like when it becomes easy and you hold that expectation that it's supposed to be hard, you immediately think your work isn't any good or more likely you think you have to go back and like hit it a few more times with a hammer to make sure that it stays hard. We'll talk about the difficulty of writing in a second. Another thing, some people have an expectation that they're holding on to as to how writing is supposed to be, is that it's supposed to be perfect, flawless, without error, technically, grammar, structure, all that stuff. And it's also supposed to be so perfectly clear, so, insert superlative here, so very, very obvious and well-made that a reader, whomever they might be, is going to look at this paragraph, look at this sentence, look at whatever it is and go, oh my God, this is the greatest example of whatever the thing you just wrote is that I've ever seen. It's the best. And then when you write a thing that cannot be perfect because there's no such thing as perfect because there is no like idealized super standard. It's just, did you write this well enough to put a picture in somebody's head or do you need to kind of, you know, try again and get it closer or do you just need to kind of say, yeah, I did the best I could, and then move on. Some people get there and struggle and chase that, and then because they're setting this bar so high and there's no possible way they'll chase it, it gives them a justification and a rationalization to quit, to make excuses, to stop trying, to walk away, loads of stuff like that. Other people hold the expectation that writing has to be done only under certain conditions. Like you can only do it when you're sitting in, a right, in the, uh, the right spot, wearing the right sweater, sipping the right kind of coffee, using this machine, using this software or whatever. And when those things can't happen because reasons or they don't happen in a particular order at a particular time and the ritual of writing is busted, then writing can't, can't happen. As if the thing that makes the writing work is the ritual rather than the ritual being a set of ways to relax or get caffeinated or wear a cozy piece of clothing. Other people hold the expectation that writing has to be 
something significant. I This is something I struggle with. That if you're going to sit down and put words on the page, you should do it in a way that it is always the greatest depth of art in that moment that you can make. So, yeah, you might be writing some bullshit scene where two characters are just, you know, joking around. But those jokes, not that the jokes need to be perfect jokes, but that you're doing it in such a way that you're having a profound effect on the reader. And that if you're not hitting that profundity, you're wasting your time in their time. Other people hold an expectation that writing has to be done only under not just certain conditions, but it's certain demands. Like if you sit down to write, you need to write X number of hundreds or thousands of words, and it needs to be only done in an unbroken chain of hours. And the only way you're going to make up for the fact that some of your scheduling doesn't allow for that is that when you do write, you compensate. So let's say you haven't been able to write for weeks because of your day job, because of stress, because of boredom, because of whatever. When you do get a chance to write, you have some obligation to make up, I'm making air quotes, make up for that deficit. So you owe air quotes to, I don't know who, but you owe them like all the thousands of words you should have been writing if you weren't exhausted. So you, you're always behind. This makes you feel bad about your writing. So you do less of it. So you owe more. And then you get into like a weird self-punishment debt cycle. All of these behaviors, all of these expectations, all of these rules for lack of a better word that we chisel into stone and stick in our heads and say this is how writing has to be and this is what being a writer has to be like all that stuff is wrong every single part of it's wrong writing is writing it is the act of taking an idea and translating it into a medium so that someone else can engage with it the production of writing can occur at any time to any degree over as long a period as the cold death of the universe. It can take as long as it wants. What you produce can look like anything. There are some social expectations as to what is or isn't acceptable. I'm making air quotes. But by and large, that stuff's just fluffy, vacuous, variable. It doesn't really matter. At the end of the day, your first job isn't to craft a thing that looks or conforms to somebody other, somebody else's idea or conception. Your first job is to get the idea from your head to the page so that someone else can engage with it, period. Writing is difficult in the sense that you need to not remember 2,500 rules that you've acquired from years of social media or internet advice, but writing is hard because you need to use a number of tools to get an image from your head out and then get that image into someone's brain who wasn't holding that image previously. And you need to do that, not in a way to get it perfect, not in a way to get a hundred percent exactitude with my transmission and your reception, but just 80 ish percent, get them some of the way there and they'll fill in the rest. 
what makes writing difficult is that you have to trust the person on the other end and develop your own gut feeling as to when they can pick up what you're saying, but also you need to be clear when you need to say more or say less. And that's just a gut check. That's just a sense of confidence. A lot of writers, especially those writers who hyper-ritualize things or who hyper-fixate on the the way things should be, whether that's writing or doing the writing or time or anything like that, they're lacking for support. They're lacking confidence. They're lacking uh, a sense of their own value and worth, and they're trying to constantly externalize it because if I can find that that uh, buttress, if I can find that booster outside of myself, I don't have to sit in the uncomfortable space with myself. That's hard. That's real hard. What I want to tell you is that everything you do is art. It doesn't have to be perfect. It just already is art. You've put words on a page. You've imparted an image onto the page. You've said or done a thing. Now, you might not be happy with it because, yes, if given a thousand more tries, you could write a thousand different but not necessarily better permutations. We'll talk about that next week. But you could do it different. And part of this comes down to understanding that you're the decider you get to figure out when you're happy with it. And then when you're happy with it, we have to then figure out, well, how do we get someone else happy with it? We can't wrangle them to conform to your idea. You have a responsibility. That's what we'll talk about next week. But you can certainly try to push yourself to get into a better position to produce work that they'll see in their heads. One of the unspoken things here, one of the fears people are running from with all these expectations, they're afraid of the discovery that they're not good at this. They're afraid of the discovery that there is a ceiling that is lower than they expected. And for a lot of people, there is. For a lot of people, they built this ceiling and they have it lower than it should be because those expectations are in the way or the demands they put on themselves are in the way or their frustration is too high or they're looking for some kind of validation and purposefully denying it or something. Everybody can raise their ceiling. You can, but there's always going to be a ceiling and everybody can bust through one thing to find a ceiling past that. That happens. But a lot of the things that are holding us back stem from this fear of discovery that this thing we want to be good at, we're not as good as we thought. We can get better, but that means changing our status quo. And for a lot of people, that's just not possible. And they're not willing to change that status quo. They're not willing to let go of those expectations. They're not willing to really shed that stuff because to do that would to be would, would mean they're going to have to confront themselves. They're going to have to stop and look in the mirror and say, hey, this shit I've been trying to do, this way I've been trying to do it just isn't working. And the idea that I have to change is scary because what if I find out I'm not good at the change part too? Or what if I get worse? Or what if I regress? Or what if this whole thing falls apart? Is it a waste of time and effort? And those are scary, unknown questions, and we always want control, so we always try to find answers. 
But it's important to note that in the course of all these things, in the, in the looking around at all these things, you can improve. Not because you're starting from a position of failure. Not because you're, you're terrible and we have to get to the baseline that everybody else is already at. It's that you, you can just get better. And you can let go of these expectations. And the art of your art, the craft you possess, can be developed and trained and, and expanded if you are willing to find a sweeter sweet spot than something that has to be only 1,000 million percent flawless or it's absolutely worthless. There's a, a number of comfortable plateaus where you can reach a position of, I'm good at this, I'm confident in it, I can get better though, and I will carry that confidence no matter what. I will leave you with this metaphor because this is how I explained it to a client. Let's say you go to the gym because you want to improve your physical fitness. Maybe you want to put on some muscle. Maybe you want to you know, work your cardio or something for any number of reasons. A hundred pounds is always going to be a hundred pounds because gravity and stuff, science, physics. When you get started having never done this or barely done something like this, a hundred pounds might be more than you can lift. Maybe you can lift it once or twice, and I'm sure you could do more if you hurt yourself if you go too far, but by and large, a hundred pounds is just a little bit too much to start with. It's unreasonable to start that way. So you start off small. 10 pounds, 5 pounds, 2 pounds, I don't know. But you work your way up, and eventually 2, 5, and 10 pounds aren't enough, so you go to 15, then 20, then 25, and so on. And the next thing you know, after some period of time, and I don't know how long that takes, but it's not a race, so we don't need to rush because that 100 pounds isn't going anywhere. But eventually you get to a point where lifting 100 pounds, it's 100 pounds, the amount hasn't changed, but your skill and ability to lift it has and a lot of writers want to start lifting 100 pounds because they think that's what everybody else is doing and they need to be that good or better because that's the only way they'll let themselves be comfortable because there's apparently shame to be had if you're lifting 95 pounds or 45 pounds or 2 pounds because it's not 100 and you're supposed to be doing 100. But when you get to that point where you can lift 100 comfortably, consistently. Maybe you hang out there for a while because going to 105 or 110 doesn't really get you anything. You can always go up. You can always add more weight. But it's not the same as settling. It just means that you can lift 100 pounds and you worked your way up there. You didn't start there, but you got there. And it took time and it took hard work. And you're not going to get there without showing up to the gym regularly and really making an effort and then really taking care of yourself and really following a routine. Not because there's a routine to follow, but because this is the routine you need if your goal is I want to be able to lift 100 pounds. Writing is 100 pounds. The novel is 100 pounds. Maybe your novel is 200 pounds. I don't know. It depends on what you want to write. But everybody starts somewhere and builds towards it. It takes time. It's difficult, but improving your skill set, improving your, 
your familiarity with it, getting better at the technique, getting better at the repetition, being disciplined about it will not turn the 100 pounds into two pounds, but it will give you the ability to treat 100 pounds as if it were something manageable. What something like coaching does is not turn the 100 pounds into two boxes of cotton candy, but it gives you a chance to get the technique right so that no matter where you are, lifting and moving as much weight as you are, eventually you will get to 100 pounds. And it gives you the ability to believe in yourself to get to 100 pounds. That's what makes coaching valuable. But I don't want you thinking that you're supposed to race to the 100 pounds, and I don't want you thinking you'll never get to the 100 pounds because you're stuck at 35. You're stuck at 35 likely because there's not somebody telling you like, yeah, you're killing it. Keep lifting the 35 or change your technique or let's add this exercise in or let's do this and let's do that. You just keep seeing the distance between the barbell in your hand and the barbell you want to be lifting. Give that some thought. I'll talk to you next week.